Good evening. You are most welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke. And as always, this is the show that aims to help us all make small changes that will lead to a larger and lasting impact in terms of doing something positive for the environment. And tonight's show is for you if you are a person with a uterus. Yes, you did hear me right. Why am I talking about uterus? on an environmental show. Well, stay tuned and you will find out more in a few moments' time. As always, we will have a small selection of Irish music along with a chat with Bridget Gagan from Misha Tossa, this fashion label that was, you might suggest, born in Dangan, County Offaly, but gained its roots in County Galway. Bridget is going to be on to talk to us all about slow fashion and the damage that fast fashion is doing to the environment. But as I said just a moment ago, tonight we're talking to you. If you have a uterus, listen up. Did you know that our period products are damaging the environment. They're doing some real damage. And, you know, those plastic applicators that come with tampons, the the plastic wrapping that everything comes in, that all is going to live long past us, for generations past us. And we're joined now by a woman by the name of Fiona Parfree. And Fiona and her friends have set up the company, Riley. They're making eco-friendly period products, something that I didn't know existed until very recently. So I'm, I'm so interested, Fiona, in uh, finding out how this all uh, came about. So Riley is an eco-friendly period products company. So we provide um, tampons and pads that are made with 100% organic cotton and we deliver them to your door as and when you need them. Okay. Okay. So on this show, we, we, we like hearing um, organic materials. We like hearing eco-friendly. And and I have to be honest, before I discovered your, yourselves, I didn't know such a thing existed. Um, because like, no offense to any of the retailers, but you go into the feminine products aisle in whatever supermarket and generally you're looking at a selection of plastic and yeah. you know and sometimes that can be physically uncomfortable but we know it's uncomfortable because we know the damage that plastic does to the environment so like this has been the tradition now for for decades that period products have been made up in some shape or form with lots of these plastics materials in them um, and you're trying to do something different so, so why absolutely Ashley. i suppose um the idea for Riley stemmed very naturally when myself and two friends were hanging out one evening and uh, Anya, my co-founder now, um, got her period and we didn't have any products in the house that we were in, uh, in our handbags. So we got talking about a subscription service and having them delivered. Wouldn't that be so convenient? And then when we started actually looking into period products and what they were made from, we were compelled to do something different because we actually didn't realise that the period products we've been using our whole lives since we were, you know, young teenagers were filled with not only plastic, but like hormone disrupting chemicals like bleach and pesticides and lots of ingredients that I can't even pronounce. Um, And we were blown away that this is, you know, something that we were putting into our bodies every month and we had no idea. So we decided that we thought there was a better way of doing it that would be not only better for our bodies, but better for the planet as well. And so we got to work um, January of last year and launched Riley's Market about four months later. 
And we had a chat uh, before you came on air and like I was just thinking about like how many packets of tampons or sanitary towels does one woman use in their lifetimes? Like it seems like, to be honest, when your period comes, it's so unpleasant that you just grab for whatever's convenient. And, you know, the environmental impact might not be at the forefront of our minds. And and it's so miserable for many women, you know, between pain yeah. and cramps and all of that awful stuff that really you'd forgive us for not really thinking about the environmental impact. But but talk me through what you discovered. Absolutely. You're dead right, Ashley. I think so. I suppose what we realized is that the average person uses 11,000 tampons in their lifetime, um, most of which use manufacturing methods that harm our planet and have plastic applicators that are made from traditional fossil-based materials. And um, so between us, when we were discussing this with like my, my co-founders and I, Lauren and Anya, you know, that was 33,000 tampons that had plastic applicators that are still in existence in the world today and will take up to 500 years to break down. Um, and I totally agree with you that, you know, sometimes it's it's such an unpleasant experience and can be really painful for a lot of women. So this isn't always at the forefront of their minds. So that's why we're trying to make it a lot more accessible, convenient and easier um, that women just don't need to stress about it. We'll look after it for you. These are these are 100% organic cotton. So you're not putting anything else inside your body. We deliver to them, them to your door when you need them. And our products are compostable. So they'll break down in, within 12 months. Um, and you don't need to worry about it. You can just get on with your life. There's a fabulous advertisement, I think, on the Channel 4 app at the moment about uh, this regal woman, kind of a Downton Abbey type scene. And she decides to tell the dinner table that she's in a bloody mess. And the idea is to sell. It's a different product, but that their products are all also uh, compostable. So, like, how do you make this all happen? Because, like, I'm kind of assuming the three of you are not in some warehouse stitching all of these things together. So how do you make sure that what you are putting out in the world is not harming the environment? Great question. Yeah. So we, we did a lot of research um, on, you know, the manufacturing process before we launched and we we kind of got samples from from various manufacturers around the world. And the manufacturer we work, work with is based in Europe. Um, we've got a great relationship with them. Um, my co-founder Anya was just over visiting them a couple of weeks ago and all of the products that they produce are certified with, you know, the necessary um organic certifications um, like the GOTS um, and the OCE certifications to prove that the methods that they use are what they say they are. Um, And not only that, they're also, you know, um, certified with with health um, certifications as well, such as the FDA approval in the US because tampons are seen as a medical device there. And so we are very, I suppose, the quality of our products is 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 quite high. Like they're very they're very good products and the manufacturer that we decided to work with was it was really important to us that we worked with someone who has ethical working practices um, and you know fair trade and all of that and um, so we're really really happy with the way it's going we were actually packing them all ourselves at the beginning down wow. in, uh, <laughs> down that's in, impressive um, yeah down in skull in in a garage um but now, thankfully, we, we've managed to, to grow a little bit in the last year since we launched. And uh, we have a warehouse uh, in Ireland that they're all shipped to instead. So we're no longer 
counting out all the tampons and backing them ourselves. <laughs> Tell me about yourself then. Like, is business in the background or like, you know, what kind of basis did you have to start off with? Yeah, great question. We all have very different backgrounds. Um, I actually owned a um, another e-commerce business prior to Riley, which was an eco-friendly um, outdoor lifestyle business called Sundrift, selling backpacks and you know hiking gear made from recycled plastic. And um, so, I suppose in this next business venture, it was really important to me, just based on my own personal values, that whatever we were doing wasn't going to harm the environment. Um, and then Anya and Lauren have backgrounds in sales um, and um, customer success, respectively. And um, we've all since obviously quit our full-time jobs and are now working full-time on Riley. And what we want to, I suppose, create with this is not only providing better quality products that don't, that don't harm our planet and harm our bodies, but we want to create a trusted community where people can talk about female health issues, which, as you probably know, Ashling, as a woman, is a massively underserved market. And um, unfortunately, um, for decades, women, you know, were often excluded from clinical trials. Um, and, you know, that was based on, I suppose, in part with substantiated beliefs that the fluctuation in female hormones would would make women more difficult to study but it's just it's 2022 like we need to to be able to you know talk about female health more talk about periods the menopause everything in between so that people are prepared um and can you know make the right decisions as they wander through life i think you've hit a really important point there and one that is uh, personally quite close to my heart like i caught myself there recently my full-time day job now is lecturing in a college and um, a couple of months back, you know, uh, the, the the time of the month arrived or whatever you might call it yourself. And I caught myself, you know, you, you, you get you go into the handbag and you discreetly go to the ladies. And I'm going, why am I discreetly going to the ladies? Why am I hiding this? This is and it had never occurred to me before because previously working in radio, it's an office environment. You know, you just you rush about your day and you don't really get a t- chance to think for yourself. Never mind anything else. But in an educational environment, suddenly I was going, hold on, I'm in a position of leadership here. And if I'm hiding, you know, my tampon or my sanitary towel or whatever product you choose to use yourself, that that has implications for people around me. They, they, it may seem like there's a reason to be embarrassed when, in fact, it's a natural bodily function. Um, it's one that yeah. personally has given me huge difficulty over the years. So it's one that's, in my experience, has been nothing but unpleasant. Other women may have different experiences. I acknowledge that. Um, and there is a conversation to be had. Like I know, and I think it's amazing yeah. in the last 12 months in particular, we started talking about the menopause. But yet we're we're still not talking about our periods. We're still not talking about all of those horrible things. So to see people like yourselves coming along and have opening these conversations, it's I think it's the time for it. I think people are more open to it. I'm wondering what has the reaction been like? Yeah, and I, I suppose just as well just to touch on what you you mentioned about you know hiding hiding the pad or the tampon up your sleeve, at, like you're not alone. And um, in Ireland, nearly sixty percent of of young women and, and girls 
um, feel shame and embarrassment about their period. Um, and what that leads to ultimately is young girls missing school on their period mm-hmm. and missing their education. They don't feel comfortable about talking to a teacher or their, you know, their father um, about that. In, in England alone, up to 140,000 girls in the UK skip school because um, they can't afford menstrual products and they're too ashamed to let the school know and talk about it. Um, so that's, that's an issue that needs to be be fixed. Um, and that's what we are trying to do is what you, what you touched on again is opening up that conversation. It's a normal bodily function. Yes. It's probably not something that everyone wants to, you know, talk about over breakfast or maybe that some people might feel shouldn't be on the radio. I understand that, but until we actually start doing that and breaking down the taboo and breaking down the stigma, young women and girls will still feel shame about it. And so the reaction that we've had so far has been really positive. Um, I think people are feeling relieved and saying about time, about time that, you know, this is, we're speaking about it on social media. And we, we have, I suppose, or, you know, Instagram community is, really engaged with us and we get a lot of questions we tend to put up you know um, Instagram stories um, every day or every two days based around education on different female health issues and we get so many people writing into us saying thank you for talking about this or um, I never knew about this thank you for bringing it to my attention um, and ultimately like if there is something wrong we're here at Riley we're not we're not medical doctors so we're saying go you know if if you do spot something go and go and speak to a doctor but it's more so making people aware of what's happening with their bodies and so so far I think it's been a really really great reaction Um, and yeah we're doing what we can to break down the taboo and the common misconceptions there is such a need for it though and and look you're, you're quite right if there are any potential problems, your, your GP, your gynecologist should be, you know, the first port of call, not social media. But perhaps we can take example from women who've been going through the menopause and, and start sharing our experiences, you know, I think to in, so that the next generation don't have these stigmas and taboos in their heads because they're very hard to break once they get into your psyche. And like, I, I was thinking yours, you reminded me there. I remember back in, in 2010, my grandmother, my mother's mother passed away. And I was over in the house and we were getting ready for the funeral. And it's obviously a very emotional occasion. And next thing, all of a sudden, I realized my period had arrived. And well, I wasn't planning on organizing a funeral that week, never mind having come prepared for the time of the month. So I phoned home. My dad was coming over for the removal that evening. Just listen, would you pop into the shop? And I had never had the conversation with my father before, but didn't expect him to have a reaction either. Kind of just expected him to say, uh, yeah, OK, uh, yeah, what color pack? Do, do I buy or something? But no, no, no. He handed the phone over to my my now ex who was in the, the house at the time with them and said, uh, she wants you to uh, talk to uh, her. And it, you could sense his sheer mortification over the phone. And I felt so bad. Yeah. But I was, my grandmother's house is out in the middle of nowhere. You know, getting into the shop at that point in time just wasn't going to be possible for me. And like my, my now ex quite was well used to these conversations with me because you might guess I talk a lot. Um, and it was, <laughs> You know, it was fine. He ran into the local shop for me. No bother, no fuss. And like, 
I think, you know, those conversations are still awkward. And that was, you know, what are we in now? Uh, that's what, 12 years ago now. And they shouldn't still be awkward, you know? We, no, yeah. We shouldn't have young girls in secondary school being afraid in particular to tell a male teacher, like, I have my period, I feel awful right now, I'm in pain, whatever the experience might be. Like, we... It's just so frustrating that we're in 2022. We can talk about anything and everything but our bodies. I know, I know. And you're dead right. But I do think it is a, it's a generational change, really. And that shift in, you know, you being able to talk openly about it with your, your partner or your ex-partner. And someday, you know, your like children, whether they be boys or girls, um, and making, I suppose, them aware that as they grow up, that this is something that is, as you say, it's a normal thing that happens. Um, and it's about including everyone in that conversation as well. Um, I think that's a really important step to, to really changing it long term. Um, and ultimately, you know, if it helps, if it helps young girls to be able to go into school and not feel that they can't talk about it, you know, and they, they have to skip class. And that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, I think we're, we're working closely as well with a lot of um, universities and schools in Ireland where we provide product for their, your, you know, their student bathrooms, which is a really good move to see that, you know, the people in charge running these, um, these uh, educational facilities are starting to think about it as well. And mm-hmm. um, so ultimately, like it will just make um, it will make the the, gir- the girls' lives easier, and it will it will make them go to school every day, which is what we want. And. I firmly believe, because communications is my area of expertise, I firmly believe that if we become more comfortable having conversations like you and I are having now with our friends, with our family and our peers, then if something does feel a bit off, it would be easier to start the conversation with your GP because you'll have had similar conversations with friends and family. And once you've got the language, once you've gotten over, you know, the bit of embarrassment that you might have felt, it's easier to say to a doctor, do you know what? I know my body and this is not right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I suppose having the, um, the wherewithal to, to pay attention to your body and to what's happening um, is very, very important. And I suppose, you know, like that using products that are good for you or aren't going to be harmful is very important. But, Ultimately, it is about paying attention to what's going on. And like you say, being open to discussing it with not only your close, you know, loved ones, but also the medical professionals that will be able to help you. Um, Yeah, that's so important to totally agree with you there, Ashing. And look, and it is important to say for for anybody listening who might have concerns, like, yes, you you might feel a bit awkward. And believe me, when I first had to have the conversation with my GP, I was mortified, absolutely mortified. And then it was made 10 times worse because the GP that was brought into the room to look at me said, I've seen a lot, but I haven't seen that before. Like that just the entire experience was pretty awkward for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, no one died. The ground didn't open up and swallow me up. We're all yeah. right. You know, we got over the embarrassment. We figured out what was going on. And, you know, I'm here to tell the tale, essentially. Um, so it's just that's why I love seeing, you know, people doing what you guys are doing. OK, A, something good for the environment, but B, getting the conversation started. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I would love to think that, you know, we're coming to the end of the school year now, but the young girls starting maybe first or second year in, in, in September will will have these conversations quite openly in, in, in their mixed classes with their brothers, their fathers, and in 10 years' time, not understand why anybody could possibly even be it's slightly embarrassed by it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's um, definitely what we want to achieve. Fiona Perfrey, thank you so much for chatting with me on Let's Go Green this evening. We will be following your progress with great interest. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Stay tuned, folks. I think we go to some music after the break just to switch things up a little bit. I'll be back in a few moments' time. You are listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 with me, Ashling O'Rourke. Well, what do you think? Were you listening to our conversation just before the break? Will you try and be more conscious about the period products you buy? Maybe investigate some more eco-friendly options, maybe um, period knickers, as they're called. Maybe they're an option. I'm not sure. Um, I think until they're, you know, right in front of us in the supermarket and are just we don't have to think about buying them, we might be more convinced. Um, I think the subscription service ID is a great one, but... I have enough direct debits coming out of my account, but I do like the idea of the products I use being more eco-friendly. So look, I'm really interested in what you think about our earlier conversation. And just to say, please do get in contact with us here on Let's Go Green at Midlands 103. The email address is letsgogreen at midlands103.com. Do you like the show? Are you enjoying hearing our conversations each and every Monday evening? Is there something you'd like us to tackle? Remember, we do want to hear from you. We are driven by you, the listeners. So if there are some eco-friendly options you are considering, but you're not really sure, maybe we might be able to help you out. Or maybe you've already converted to become a a more sustainable uh, citizen here in the Midlands and you'd like to share some tips and tricks. So again, the email address is letsgogreen at midlands103.com. Now, you know how much I enjoy playing new Irish music and We're going to take something nice and slow now and it's a new song by Gavin Fox, Tell Me So. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation around eco-friendly period products earlier in the programme. I'm returning now to fashion and I think it's fair to say that most of us are aware of the fact that cheap clothing a.k.a. fast fashion. It's not great for the workers who are making it. It's not great for the environment overall because we're buying clothes and then disposing of them. But what's the alternative? And to discuss this, we are joined by Bridget Gagan. Bridget, I can't pronounce Gagan the way you pronounce it, but Bridget Gagan (laughs) of Misha Tussa. And of course, Misha Tussa was founded by Bridget and her mum, Moretta Moretta originally from uh, County Offaly, but now that Mishitus is all established in County Galway. Bridget, uh, welcome to the programme. Thanks for having me, Ashling. It's good to chat to you again. Now, Bridget, talk me through, um, like, what is slow fashion? If we, we, we hear these terms, but what do they actually mm-hmm. mean, you know? So, so, so tell, yeah. explain to us what is slow fashion. 
I suppose when I think of slow fashion, I always like to say to people, okay, well, first of all, think of fast fashion. And when you think of churning out quick clothes, you don't know where it's made, cheaper fabrics, all of that. So you're kind of getting a picture of what this is. And slow fashion is essentially the total opposite. Um, the whole process, I think it's, there's more consideration and thought goes into each piece from the design stage to the fabric, who made it, there's an emphasis on craft, quality. It really is just a more holistic view into every design. Like for us, when we're designing something, it's can it be worn different ways? Will it, is it made to last? You know, all of these questions. So it's a slower, more mindful process. And I think at the end, you get a piece of clothing that really has a lot of love and time gone into it. And it's just a bit more special. That all sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, and I know people at home are listening saying, yeah, that, that, that's great, but that sounds expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a very, it's difficult because we've kind of become so used to seeing a dress for five euros that that's now what we consider normal. And it's hard because really that you have to think, well, actually, how could something be made for five euros a dress? And it's sort of a, a different mindset because it does involve, I suppose, buying less pieces, but buying better pieces. And that is very different to what we're kind of gotten used to with like social media, you wear it once, throw it out. So it does involve kind of, I think, a different approach to shopping that you're not, you're thinking of the long term, the price per wear, um, all of that. And, you know, it's, it's local, but it, I get it. It is different. And I suppose it does involve viewing your clothing differently. I was shocked earlier on this year. I teach in Ballyfermot College. Mm-hmm. So I teach in the media department <clears throat> there to, to students who want to be journalists eventually. And um, I gave them a climate change project. I just said, right, overall team, climate change, you pick whatever you want in there. And yeah. one of the girls in the class came up with uh, fast fashion. And mm-hmm. one of the statistics that she was, that she thought was normal, because she's a different generation than I, I'd say she's in yeah. her 19. She thought it was normal that if you wore a piece of clothing twice and then, and then you would automatically consider that to be old. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I have coats and pieces that I wear time and time again that are, like they're at least worn maybe once a week. Like they're at least yeah. worn 50 times of the year, never mind twice. Like, uh, so I think mm-hmm. you've hit the nail on the head there. Our, our attitude has totally been skewed. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about fast fashion, the obvious two things are the environment and the people making it. But also, it's not that great for us either. Like, there's a lot of research in the UK. Um, and so, I, you know, Ireland, it will be quite similar in that sense. But just to give an example, like in the UK, a report found that in 2017, about £140 million worth of clothes was thrown out. So you might be thinking you're getting a bargain, but actually you're throwing out a lot of pieces that you've spent money on as well, which actually isn't that great for us. That maybe if you kind of saved and instead of buying five or ten pieces, you bought one piece, you actually might hold on to that piece in the long term. So yeah, it's a different mindset, I think, to clothes, but also, you know, now pre-loved is so popular, renting, borrowing, there's a lot of different avenues you can take as well. And I think it's not about being perfect. And of course, you know, 
whatever your budget is, if you need something, that's fine. It's not trying to make a villain out of anyone for you know, doing what you have to do. I think it's just approaching it a bit more mindfully and saying, do I really need this? And if you do, you do. That's, you know. And then we come down to the problem of, like, I think for many people, depending on your budget, we're mm-hmm. willing to invest a certain amount of money, say for occasion wear, whether yeah. it's, you know, the friend's 40th birthday party or the niece's wedding, you know, we're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm okay. I'm allowed, I allow myself spend a little bit more on that. Yeah. But maybe when it comes to our everyday clothing, we need to think about where the fabric is made. Yeah. Uh, the conditions of the workers, like, like how bad is fast fashion for the environment? Uh, it's it's hard to actually get your head around it because we've become so used to it. And you know, there's so many different studies and research showing, but like one of the things you, I could mention is that a report done found that the fashion industry was responsible for the same amount of emissions as the UK, France and Germany combined. Like this is a massive industry. Um And there's thousands of new pieces being produced every day. And then if they're not sold, they're burnt, they're sent off to a country. And I think we've all seen the photos online of the mountains Mm -hmm. made from cheap clothes. And it's this vicious cycle that keeps continuing. Um, But sometimes I think it can feel so far away and you nearly feel disconnected. You know, when you do go into the shop and you see something for three euros, you're like, right, I wear that tonight and that's it. So, um, But I think you could focus on the negatives, but at the end of the day, I think it's good to focus on, okay, well, what can we do? What are the small changes, you know, that we can make to help? And like I keep saying, it's not about being perfect. It's just about small changes where you can, can have a big impact, you know? And then like, like say, for instance, if if we were to go to your store in in Claren Bridge, I can ask yourself for your mom, like, oh, where, where did you get that fabric from? But if I were to go to any high street, and this is not making a villain out of anybody, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, usually it's it's teenagers that are working on the shop floor. Um, It can be hard, even if you want to find out the information, it can be very difficult to find out the information. Yeah. So like what I suppose on an individual level, can Mm -hmm. we do anything that makes an actual impact? So actually on our website, we have a blog and it's questions to ask before you buy. And I think we've like eight or so, but some of the key points, buy less, buy better. You know, even if you're buying good quality pieces, I think anything in excess isn't good. It's all about a bit of balance. And so that's for everyone to kind of maybe start adjusting to the idea that maybe it's not normal to be buying a new top every week with your weekly shop, you know, Um and then if you are thinking of buying something, you know, is it an impulse buy? Yes or no. Uh, do you have something similar at home? Can you borrow from a friend? You know, that used to be a big thing for going out. We'd all be sharing clothes. Yeah. So, you know, um, will you wear 30 times? Does it go with your personal style or is it you've been kind of influenced by someone else? But really, once you bring it home, you think, oh, no, that's not me. And never, never sees the light of day. Um does it work with your lifestyle? And then I suppose, you know, do you love it? Like fashion is fun and I think it should be fun and it comes back to, you know, if you do really love something and you think you're going to wear it, um, then yeah, like that. it's just, I think a different approach. Um, but also we've seen it like 
I think it shouldn't be up to consumers to have to change the industry because companies need to step up and take responsibility. But like, you can't ignore the impact that consumer demand happens because companies then need to respond. So I think was it last week it was announced that eBay pre-loved fashion is sponsoring Love Island. Yes. And traditionally, Love Island has always been the boohoo, the pretty little thing. And I think that has been in response to they're seeing the demand for different ways of shopping, but also now because of this, having pre-loved connected with something so influential is going to make more people want to shop pre-loved. So you're getting into this more positive cycle now. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this helps. We are seeing changes. So it's um, small actions can have a big impact. And I like that thing there you, you mentioned about, will I wear <clears throat> it 30 times? Mm-hmm. So like like an average pair of jeans, I, I've no idea how much they get worn, but I know like I hate shopping for jeans. I, I, yeah. I absolutely I think a, a lot of us do. Okay? Um, and I'm not slim. Like, let's be honest about it, okay? Mm. So I find it really stressful to go in and we're huffing and puffing trying to get them to fit. And yeah. Once I get them home, like if they last for two years, I'm thrilled. And they might get worn once a week or, you know, depending on the weather or whatever, they, they get worn and obviously washed in case anybody's yeah. you know, concerned. <laughs> but um, they get worn a lot. <clears throat> Whereas like I know myself, like maybe T-shirts or certain fabrics, like they just you might want to wear them 30 times, but maybe they're falling apart by the time you get to maybe wear number 25. Yeah. Um, so you, and so this is it, like the fast fashion industry because they're trying to make everything so cheap that you know you've seen it like for black friday sales and stuff it's like Mm -hmm. they're actually giving away things for free and you do have to wonder how can something be valued so little that they're willing to just give it away you know but they're using a lot of polyester a lot of synthetic fabrics which it's essentially derived from oil so that's really environmentally bad process to get to this fabric but then it's not made to last they don't you know, they don't want you to hold on to it because if you hold on to it then you don't need to buy again so it's the fabrics are very important um as well but you you said it yourself about people are willing to invest for occasions and we're starting to see a bit of a shift that when people are shopping for occasions now they are actually thinking and wondering oh, well, you know, if I wore this with a pair of trainers and this and this, will I get to wear it again? Um, and that's a really good way to approach shopping, I think. I purchased an outfit from yourselves for my cousin's mm-hmm. wedding a, a number of weeks ago now. <clears throat> and genuinely, for the first time ever, I have worn the outfit since. Yeah. Now, ordinarily, <laughs> I go and I, and I love getting dressed up for occasions. And I have... A wardrobe that could ri- rival Fergie, like in all honesty, okay? I I, I love clothing, okay? Um, yeah. But I am becoming more and more aware of the fact that, well, yes, this looks lovely and I'm going to keep this because I've got to wear it someday. But like, mm-hmm. I have clothes like my graduation ball gown from 2009 that I wouldn't fit into again, but I don't have mm-hmm. my, it, it's not in my heart to get rid of it, but, yeah. but I keep it. Um, <clears> so, is it about as well making sure that when we're purchasing items that that we will actually wear them again, you know, as opposed yeah. to like if we think like we know for a fact <clears throat> we spend um, between 700 and 1000 euro a year on food that we bin. Yeah. 
do we now need to start thinking about that in terms of the clothes that we buy? I think so. And, you know, it kind of goes back to it's not good for anyone to be buying something and throwing it out again. Um, So it's just, yeah, I think it comes back to approaching it differently and being a bit more mindful of what you're buying. And another thing, though, and we've seen it, that reworking clothes is very it's becoming cool again. So you like that if you have something you love, maybe there's a way to get creative and turning into something new. I mean, mom's been doing that for years. Like she could have a piece for a long time and she just loves it. But after a while, you're just a, a little bit tired looking now. She'll cut it up, she'll change it and turn it into something totally new. And that's actually something that we're going to be doing more of next season under our Imagine label. We'll be launching a reimagined collection and that's essentially reworking, whether it's vintage or just different pieces and giving them kind of a new lease of life. Um, so it's fun and fresh again, but you're still working with something that you had. Is it time that we, and I know they're, they're short on the ground, or thin on the ground. Is it time that we go and find a good, if we're not able to sew ourselves, a good mm-hmm. seamstress, a good dressmaker? Like I remember meeting yeah. a woman um a very long time ago talk and having a similar conversation with her about it and she would say things like well like when I was young we used to rip the the seams on a coat and you turn the fabric inside out to get more wear more longevity out of the coat and I feel like those skills have been lost for my generation at least. Oh you are totally right and mom is saying this all the time it is the skill and the craft of sewing it's not around as much nowadays. And I think to be able to, I think it's amazing to be able to rework pieces. Um, so yeah, you know, if you have pieces in your wardrobe, don't, you don't wear it because it doesn't fit quite right. Actually, maybe getting it to fit means you'll get the wear out of it again. And that's more sustainable than buying something totally new just because something's not quite right that you already have. So if you are a seamstress or dressmaker and you're listening to the show tonight <laughs> and you'd like to come on and give me some tips and tricks on how to alter your clothing, um, please do get in contact through Absolutely, yeah. at midlands103.com. <laughs> well, uh, Bridget Gagan, now tell me, Bridget, how do you pronounce Gagan in Galway? Oh, I say Gagan. Um, it's funny, I'm having this every time now I say the name, so I sort of take however anyone says it, it's grand. <laughs> Well, Bridget of Misha Tossa, and indeed um, her mum, Moretta, is a Dangan native in County Offaly. And I know you've had huge success in recent months with your pop up in the centre of Paris. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Midlands 103. We will be back after the break with the final part of Let's Go Green. Well, you've been listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 with me, Ashling O'Rourke. And I'm afraid we have almost run out of time on this evening's show. I hope you have enjoyed our conversations. And again, please do get in contact with us through Let's Go Green at midlands103.com. Or indeed, you can message me on Twitter. That's at Ashling O'Rourke, A-I-S-L-I-N-G. O-R-O-U-R-K-E and I would very much look forward to hearing from you. Well, would you believe it, but there is another bank holiday next weekend. So we will be off air next Monday evening, but 
we'll be back again on the 13th of June. So I hope you enjoy the long weekend. We'll keep our fingers crossed for some barbecue weather and stay safe. In the meantime, I'm going to leave you tonight with not an Irish artist, but my all-time favourite. Bruce Springsteen announced last week that he will be returning to Ireland next year. So I feel it's appropriate to leave you tonight with Born in the USA. It's one of my all-time favourite songs. So go on, turn up the volume, get some kitchen dancing going and have a fabulous bank holiday weekend. And we will talk to you in a fortnight's time.